You're listening to The Curious Wire. This is going to be another solo episode. And in this episode, I want to talk about the topic of making change. I think that a lot of folks in multifamily, both on the supplier side and the operational side and investment side, are going to be focused on making changes, adjustments, pivoting in 2024 based on what has happened in 2023. And I just want to share my thoughts and lay out how I view making change and some suggestions hopefully you could take away. I've gotten away when I do the solo episodes of doing a curious facts. We'll just start with a joke. Where did the one-legged, one-legged waitress work? IHOP. And what was her name? Eileen. Okay, so hopefully that was a good dad joke for you and you will use it. If you laughed, if you use that joke, send me a message. Appreciate it. If you do listen to the episodes and you gain something, I do appreciate when people reach out and give feedback. Let me know what they like, don't like. I'm open. So I'm curious to get better. So if you share feedback of what I could do better or what you do like, I would greatly appreciate that. Okay, so let's think about, let's frame change. So I heard this concept a, a while ago and it, it stuck with me is, is there two ways that you could approach change. One is you could change things from outside or you can change things from within. And I think that in our industry, a lot of folks have a lot of trouble making change outside. And what I mean by that is, so let's say you have your way of doing things. This is how you operate, whether again, this will apply on the supplier side or management side, but let's just focus on the operation side. You have a certain way that you do things. So you, let's say you have uh, 400 units, you, you're, you have two leasing agents at the property, you have an assistant manager, property manager. To completely change the way you operate and say, hey, we're not going to have an assistant manager anymore and, and we're going to do this, uh, that's, we're going to centralize that and, and, and take all those tasks of the assistant manager and, and bring them to corporate. Or we're going to completely change leasing where we're just going to have one leasing agent and um, we're going to do self-guided tours and AI will respond to everything and we'll just have one person there. So that's that's completely changing what you're doing. That's like that. I think that approach is is outside of, of the way things have operated. It's, it's from the outside and it's suggesting a complete change. And I think a lot of whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but I will tell you that I think a lot of management companies, a lot of operators have a hard time making that adjustment. And I guess in, in this case, there could be cases where you do need to make a strong change from out. But I do think that it's far more effective in most cases, not all cases, but in the case of property management to make the change from within. So you, you hear all this talk about self-guided tours and centralization and, you know, Leasing agents don't need to be on site and, and so forth. Well, one, it, it demonstrates, I think, to many that these tech companies don't always know what it's like to be on site. They don't know. They haven't been operators and, and, and you know, they're, they're selling a product. So they're going to give you a story, a narrative, or even data to support what they're trying to sell. Now, I think people's, and I've been close to some of this for some of those reasons. I think that ideally leasing could be done in person that, is more effective. Maybe a, a prospect wants a different experience, but I want to think about, well, one, what is more effective? And two, from my experience and from many others, that the prospects actually prefer the in-person. Is there a place for the automation? Is there a place for the self-guided? Totally. But it shouldn't be that that is the number one option, or and maybe there is a place where that is the number one option. But in terms of embracing this stuff, I think that 
you should look at it differently. So I learned this great lesson from a, a very successful operator who has, and I talk to a lot of people to learn and get different perspectives and, and to, you know, I don't just have an opinion and then that's it. I continue to challenge my own opinion. I continue to talk to others and to, to learn more and, and evolve. And if I need to pivot my opinion, I pivot my opinion. If I need to completely change it, I'll completely change it, whether it's from within or from without. So let's say I want to make a change within leasing. So how do I do leasing now? This is what I do. So let's say I have 10 properties that have three leasing agents at each. So I don't need to radically change everything I do. I want to say, hey, what's the most important thing for leasing to do? So what are the different steps of leasing? So it's answering the phone, responding to a lead, greeting somebody within the office, conducting the tour. You know, we'll call that the, the sale, the actual sale process. And then there's screening them, closing them, you know, approving them. And then there's there's admin work. So if I approach leasing as it's a sales job, right? What other sales job? You go buy a car, you go buy a tech product, you have the salesperson and then the, 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 you know, application part or, or the, in the case of a car or the admin part, the signing the deal could be done by somebody totally different. That's not, I don't need my salespeople doing that. I don't need my leasing people focused on that. So I could say, I don't need to radically change what I do. How can I make what my leasing is doing now more efficient? So if I have 10 properties and each property has three leasing agents, what would happen if I went to two agents at each property and I took, instead of 10 people, I could take five people and bring them to corporate and say, hey, these five people, or maybe even divide it even less. Like, so two people, they're going to answer every phone call for those two properties. Maybe you have some AI that's doing that. How necessary is it for the leasing specialist to be answering the call? Or the first call goes to the property. If they miss it, then it goes to, you have a group in your office. Now, a mistake that I think people make with this whole approach is, oh, let's have a call center and it might not even be in this country. All our calls will go there, but then that, how good is that experience? So let's say you're doing this again within, we're not having a call center outside of the company is I think a change from without versus, you know, internally, I want my team answering all the calls, but I don't necessarily need them all at that property. Or so let's say you have a group. So you take, instead of having 10 agents, you have five or maybe even six and three of them are corporate and they're answering the calls for all the properties or, or they're the backup for the phone calls for all the properties. And the other two are doing all the screening and admin work. So if you have 10 properties and you have 30 agents, quality control is going to be very difficult because now you have 30 agents that you have to oversee for their, their screening process, process approval, signing the leases and so forth. And, and you could have lease errors and that, that, that's a quality control issue. And you're trying to focus on 30 agents, the consultants to fix that or to measure that and address that versus if you had three people who were handling all of that. Now, th th there's a tricky part to that because what's the career options for someone who is just in the office answering phone calls or doing the admin work? It could be that as that company grows, there is progression there. Again, is that a very hard, difficult job to do? Is it easy to replace? Is it easy to train? <clears throat> Definitely hear that there would be questions regarding that. I do believe that the natural progression for, for someone is 
is to go from leasing to assistant manager, property manager, to regional manager. Now, if maybe you start your leasing, that their entry level is is answering the phone and doing the admin work. Then they get better at that. Then you move them to on-site, and then they could have that natural progression. So instead of taking people off-site and bringing them to the office, you start with them. That's a great uh, gateway to leasing is, is for them to answer phone calls and do the admin work. But, you know, most people who are really good at leasing don't want to do so. It, okay, they could start with that. I believe that you want a lot of people who are have good personalities that are good team players and 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 a little bit of a generalist. You don't need them to be the absolute best salesperson. You don't need them to be the absolute best at something. You want them to be a team player, good attitude, good work ethic. So I imagine now you could instead of having ten the thirty leasing agents on site, you could have twenty and then you have six, let's say it's a corporate office who could do all this stuff that takes up time from leasing and, and takes them away from leasing. So there can actually be a cost saving there, but more importantly, you become far more efficient in that. So I believe that approach to the change is not how do we, that's, that's within. We have what we're doing and we're trying to make it more efficient with some of these little tweaks changing how they do. And I believe that so much can be accomplished by doing that in all areas of our business. So you should be doing that for assistant managers instead of saying, oh, we're going to replace assistant manager. How can we make them more efficient? Property manager, how can we make them more efficient? The biggest category is maintenance. How can we make maintenance more efficient? If you don't even know how long it takes you to turn a unit or it doesn't even, or how long it takes to complete work orders, or you, you don't even have a place that you're measuring this, a benchmark. You, it, how do you make even change to know that you're getting better? How do you, you don't even know where to start. But even if you do start working on something, if you don't even have a way to measure it, you don't even know that you're getting better. So I think that that for making change, people really need to start creating benchmarks and auditing their different parts of their business of what works, what doesn't work, what's essential, what's not essential. And 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 again, having a, a benchmark, a data point of how you're doing. You know, you could measure rent growth, but the most important number is, is the NOI, is the return on investment. So how what, what what's going to get you higher return on investment? You, we, some of our best performing properties right now, 2023, there wasn't rent, a lot of rent growth for people, but you could have revenue growth. Your revenue could go up because if you maintained your occupancy, you had higher retention, you're going to make more money. You're reducing your expenses. Your NOI is going to go up. So... I think that 20, as of right now, even if interest rates go down, so we'll see properties trade more, but I don't think that that's going to cause a growth in rent. Uh, so I don't think that we're going to have rent growth in, in 2024. And it becomes so much more critical for people to focus on becoming operationally efficient. And you have to make changes to become operationally efficient, more efficient. Maybe you're already efficient to become more efficient because your your expenses are going to become more critical in, in managing them, reducing them, controlling them, whatever word you want to use. Maintaining revenue, growing revenue can happen even if you're not growing rents by having better retention. And so I, I this is how I uh, like to approach change is, is from within instead of radically changing something. It's taking what do we do and, and within that concept, how can we tweak a little bit, make it more efficient, try something to make it better to adjust it versus let's scrap that and, and do something completely different. I think that 2024 is going to be, 2023 has already been a big year for those who are focused on being operational efficient. 2024 is for sure going to be even more critical and more important for, to become 
more operationally efficient. And that would be my approach for making those changes. I think that you should be curious to figure out how can you become more efficient? How can you become better? To start with measuring what matters, for those that know, no, but figuring out what it is that you need to measure so that you could actually make changes from within or without, but you need a way to make uh, to measure if you're doing better. Otherwise, change does not really matter. It's like, hey, I could start working out or doing something different, but if I don't ever weigh myself, I'm not going to know that I'm making progress. Maybe you will without weighing yourself. You could just see that, but it will definitely change things when you could weigh yourself. So those are my thoughts. If you have any thoughts that you want to add, let me know. If you disagree, agree. I always appreciate when people reach out. And until next time, stay curious.